The dead dive. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead dive. What, Todd Hunter? What, Selby? Not Chen. He's dead dive. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead dive. Hello, welcome back to They're All Dead Dave with me, Phil. And me, Adam. Uh, we're covering the series finale. I almost said season, but that wouldn't be very British. <laughs> we don't call things seasons in Britain. We call them series. <laughs> series uh, one of Red Dwarf, because this is, of course, the Red Dwarf review podcast. Um, and this episode is either called Me Squared or Me Too. Pick your poison, basically. So, yeah. If it's me too, it's not the social movement, okay? It's not the no, yeah, it's not movement. A very social important justice. social movement, it but it has nothing thing. to do with Red Dwarf, rest no. assured. I think it's so. me squared, because that's how it's written as it comes up on the screen. Yeah, I think, Even yeah, I think whoever was in charge... In Netflix. I think however it was in charge on Netflix either couldn't be bothered or didn't have the means to make it a squared icon. So it was like, eh, yeah, me too. It's fine. Their formatting may not have like the, the squared symbol as part of it, possibly. Yeah. I guess but when would they go. ever need it apart from instances like this? So yeah. if that's the case, fair enough. But what this title does refer to is two rimmers. Which, mm. if you've uh, been paying attention, was the cliffhanger to last week's episode. Twas indeed. Which I immediately loved because uh, earlier on in the season, we'd gotten a cliffhanger where it seemed like a game changer for the, you know, and we were going to get the repercussions of it the next episode. And then they glossed over it the next episode with a yeah. sort of pre-title Holly blurb bit. So I'm really glad they didn't do that here. Yeah, and it's not, you know, it almost makes it feel like that more traditional series finale where one part directly leads into the other with with consequences, I suppose. And I, I think we discussed last time, like, yes, it is a sitcom. So if it does just throw away that cliffhanger thing, it can sort of get away with it because of like the drama of the of the show. But it is nice that they ha they aren't going to do that every time. You know, clearly there will be cliffhangers that have genuine consequences for the next episode so yeah i was happy about that as well yeah they can they can get away with doing it but it's so much nicer when they when they actually follow up on what they set up yeah i love uh, to, to, to sorry to kick off if it's all right with yeah. the, i think it was near the beginning the the whole tape of of rimmer's death I, I i enjoyed that it was actually quite a very like dark concept you know that there was a he has a recording of his own death for but then I guess it made it made me think like oh but if I was if I had a way of having sentience if you like after death would I would I be curious to see how I died I, like I must admit probably especially if it was you know like Rimmer's case very like you know a quick death I'd probably be curious so yeah I yeah so even though at I first died. I was like oh my god why would you want that in retrospect I was like actually like yeah I kind of get it in the moment you're probably not very aware of like how you die i mean you might know like if something you know is about to fall on you you might work it out but yeah yeah you know you're not going to be that aware of the moment it happens yeah absolutely and i just love how that again like we said in the last episode regarding like a sony crt tv or a commodore 64 keyboard i just love how you see more of these obviously rimmer's death is on a vhs tape and they mention like 
you know, there's all, there's little references to things that obviously in the 80s were so commonplace, but to now may seem dated. But I love that they don't give them any more time and attention than just this is what it is sort of thing. I think that's what helps it work. Because, you know, people like us now looking back, we're like, oh, he's got his death on a VHS. It, it almost adds extra comedy to it because it's dated. But the fact they don't address it is what makes it work, if do you know what I mean. Yeah, but you do get that with all sorts of sci-fi, don't you? Like people um, in Star Trek having big, like, recording magnetic tape things yeah. and all sorts of things like that. Yeah. Uh, one thing, because he's starting to move into quarters with his other self, the, this yeah. other rumor hologram. And one thing that crossed my mind was, why haven't you moved before? <laughs> like, you two hate each other so much, but you're living in the same quarters when... There is nobody else on the ship. There must be so many free quarters (laughs) that he could have just moved into and been by himself, even without another him to move in with. Like, why have they just stuck around? I think it's partly maybe the like the sitcom trope. Obviously, it's funny that they still are, but I think it's also on a like subtextual level. If you've listened to this enough, you know I love a bit of subtext. I think it's just my it's my drama school training kicking in. Look for the subtext. Look for the subtext. I kind of like how I think it shows they are they do sort of have a symbiotic relationship in a way like even though they have a lot of disagreements and arguments like you know as i've said before they're like school children a lot of the time but you know it is on the on a deeper level i think it is especially as they're the only two from the crew they 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 need each other you know whether they want to admit that or not yeah yeah i yeah actually i yeah i completely agree with that 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 was they they do hate each other in a way, yeah. but yeah. sort of in the way that brothers do, I think, in the way that kind of brothers might fight. But yeah. They kind of, you know, they're still a, they, they still love each other as well. Yeah. To a degree. It, I don't know how they right, would it's... never, they, these two would never admit it, but. Yeah, it's very, it's very much that, um, that sibling relation shit basically as you say like we all bicker and fight with our siblings but we love them at the end of the day because it's 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 who they are yeah and i mean I, it's nice to see uh th- well not sound in a dark way but with with rimmer's um death tape it is in a way nice to see the other members of the cast again that we see in episode one um yeah we get to see captain hollister again yeah and i think it's sort of a nice rounding off you know say if God forbid, if Red Dwarf didn't get a second series, they sort of thought, right, well, we'll show how it, how all the death and destruction happened. So there's that closure. Because I think, you know, you wouldn't want it to be one of those cases where it's, it is a fun mystery that you don't have to tell straight away for like the first few episodes. But I think if at that time, I don't know if they knew, but maybe if that time, if they made it, if they didn't know they had like, you know, definitely a second season in the can, I'd probably do the same. I'd be like, well, I'll tell it now for closure's sake, you know. Mm. so yeah but it was nice to see that you know the captain and all the all the other all the others pop in a little bit and we get the revelation of the his final words as well rumor's final words gazpacho soup soup. very cryptic (laughs) very cryptic lister spends the rest of the episode trying to work out what this means he does bless his heart so (laughs) So maybe, I don't know, should we cover what it means now or should we come back to it later? Um, I think we should come back to it later. Should we progress? We'll, we'll progress through. We'll, progress we'll go through. linear, linearly. Lin- yeah, linear, yeah. Linearly, I can't say that word. 
in a straight line or as in... straight as we can with red dwarfs. So. Yes. Um, Cat again is is clearly um, on on uh, on heat because he's looking for some female cats on the ship. Hello, hello, testing, testing, one, 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 me, me, me. Attention, all lady cats. I am feeling very, very sexy. Can you hear me, lady cats? My body is available. Please form a queue. No squabbling. This is your lucky day. So yes. much like last week, he's got sex yes. in the brain. He's got sex on the brain. And I did make a note of this. Like I did say in the last episode, it is nice to see Kat get a bit of different jokes than just that, oh, I'm looking good. It's sort you know, they've added that extra layer. But even even with this, it might just be modern sensibilities kicking in. But like with this episode, it did finish and it made me think, gee, they haven't really, in my opinion anyway, they haven't really done much with Kat apart from set up that basic parameter of he's like a cat and he thinks the world of himself which is fine but i don't know uh, maybe it's different when you watch it one a week like that you know like it used to be and you had that gap but when you're watching as we do well two across a week basically i don't know it just doesn't it feels less fresh to me more quickly if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. it's i think this there have been a couple of episodes where I think we've gotten a little bit more out of Cat. So the episode where we found out about his, you know, the, his, the rest of his people and the religion yeah. and stuff felt like yeah. we got a little bit more. And last week felt like we got a little bit more. But that's, you know, a third, only a third of the series. And the rest of the time, it's been kind of the same joke again and again, as yeah. you say. So and it kind of I don't think we've really got much from the cat here. So probably the no. weakest point of the episode, I'd say, is the cat in this one. I did write though. I don't like, but Danny John Jules is a madman on them rollerblades. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he let's put it this way, he knows how to to rollerblade. There's some like some of those sharp turns. I was like, that's what I love though about cat. Like I, more again, adding something as simple as rollerblades added, you know, really cemented that in a way, the fabulousness of the character, because I can't remember which scene specifically, but there was one point where he rolled in and he did this really sharp turn and he like sort of moved his body with it. And it was like a perfect cat, you know, body movement. And I think it would have looked a lot worse if Danny John Jules didn't know how to roll a blade and try to do it. Because, um, I mean, they're not the same, but they have some similar principles. I used to be a figure skater on ice and there are some principles of figure skating that are similar to rollerblading. So I think maybe as well, seeing him do those really like sharp turns and finishes, I was like, okay, you've done, you know, I was like, you've done the work, you've put in the practice, but yeah. I did feel they were, they, they've, they've almost like they've reached into the future and listened to me um, to, uh, and <laughs> have me in a very meta way uh, acknowledged my criticism of the ship being very grey in this episode uh, yeah. because they, at one point, uh, Rimmer is getting the Scuttlers to repaint the ship from ocean gray to military gray that's the new military gray bit there and that's the dowdy old nasty ocean gray bit there or is it the other way around yeah <laughs> and even he's I not think, sure which one is which i think they have gone back in back well forward sorry to listen to you because it's yeah it's i, I think it's almost poked you could, would you argue it's like poking fun at itself in a way? I think greatness? it is, yeah. I think it is very aware of that. I think all the grey stuff, even though visually it's not very interesting for us as an audience, I think it is very deliberate and probably there for a reason. 
probably yeah. to sort of emphasize the the sort of the environment because it's a mining ship the sort of drudgery environment that they were in before yeah. the ship you know and the kind of work environment that they were in so yeah it, it probably serves a purpose narratively yeah. and sort of symbolic somewhere somewhere along the way <laughs> but it just isn't very interesting to look at <laughs> No, which is why I really. love it when we get shots of the ship from the outside because then the the vibrant red is great. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you as well. There were some early moments between the two leads where the chat was almost what I consider, and it, some would argue it's a controversial phrase, but like locker room talk. But oh, okay, but I would argue I can't remember specific. I think that it was that you know the one upmanship thing that they do, but about topics a bit more bit more seedy, but. In their defense, I think because of the character relationships, I didn't mind it, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe. I can't I can't remember. I didn't write anything down about that, so I Yeah, I just think we've had a few I can't there was that one in where was it Rimmer pretended to be Kachansky? You know where we said there were a few jokes where we yeah. thought, ooh, that's a bit off kilter. Maybe in you know, in today's society it's a bit off kilter to hear and I remember the one I brought up was the one about Rimmer's dad committing suicide, if you remember. Yeah, like, to me that felt very off kilter, but not in a funny way. Um, I think this one excuses it because whilst it feels like you know lads being lads, if you want to put it bluntly, but I think it served them as characters. It wasn't necessarily degrading to anyone in particular. No, no, I didn't. I don't think I got that impression, um, particularly. Although uh, you know, given the given the uh, title of the episode, maybe <laughs> maybe it is me too. <laughs> Again, maybe they've maybe they've travelled forward in the in the future and they've, they've time travelling the, red dwarf writers. They've seen the hellhole that the modern world has become. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I felt maybe it was important to mention because I think that whole thing about you know what they call boys being boys or whatever. Like, I don't I don't support it. I don't you know I wouldn't want people say talking ill about or talking about whether it's women or anything like that derogatory way. But um, A, here it's not severe at all. But also I think, again, in terms of their dynamic, which is the crux of this episode as well, I think it serves it. Yeah. And what I think I have to keep reminding myself is that these characters, even Lister, I mean, ever you know, you think Lister's meant to be... You, you, you could make the mistake of thinking he's meant to be the one that everyone's always rooting for. but Because against yeah. Rimmer, he is, when you pit him against Rimmer. But on the whole, he's... He, you know, everyone on this ship has unlikable qualities and that's very deliberate. They're, they're not meant to be heroes. They're just, they're just people that have a lot of flaws. Dave is a yeah. slob. Uh, Rimmer is, uh, Lister is a slob. Rimmer's, Rimmer's, Rimmer. A job's worth. <laughs> yeah, job's worth, annoying. and, and But of the worst things. kind, if you follow the rules of your job, fantastic. But you know what I mean? The worst kind of job's worth. Yes. When, yeah. he, when he only cares about the rules when they serve him, basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But in a way, like, because obviously there's two Rimmers in this one. That's the pull. I like how sort of with the last episode, Confidence and Paranoia, we said Confidence and Paranoia were sort of the two splits and flaws and perks of uh, Lister's character whereas Rimmer sort of has that same thing in this episode but only with himself you know it's not a new actor it's back to that thing of it's Chris Barry playing himself but I think he does a great job as an actor to not just play because they I don't know how to explain it they are the same character of course they are but I feel the copy Rimmer 
he he does a great job of showing like Rimmer like the worst of Rimmer's flaws basically. So you mm. can still tell they're two separate entities in a way. Yeah, well, that was one of the things that I found a little bit confusing about it because they are meant to be exactly the same, and the po- and I, and the point of it is that to show that he is so how annoying he is to live with that even he finds himself annoying to live with. I think. Yeah. But but they do the way it's portrayed. The one uh, that is we assume is the copy or the newer one does. Yeah have a more extreme personality i think it's like we're saying like with confidence and paranoia those were two elements of uh lister that were heightened you know they were made to be exaggerated versions and i think maybe that's what they were going for also with this version of rimmer it is as we say like elements of rimmer's personality sort of pushed to the nth degree yeah but what i didn't like what they would i would have thought they would have both been elevated at the same rate and both been you know, shouting at everyone, but it was very much more like one was putting down the other. Whereas yeah. you'd think they would be putting down each other. And See, I sort of put it down to like how, um, you know how I said in the last episode, the confidence and paranoia for uh, Lister was very much, to me at least, came across the message of about balance, how you sort mm. of need both, but not necessarily tip to one extreme. I would argue regular Rimmer obviously has his flaws, as we see, that have highs and lows. But I'd say overall, he does have balance. Whereas this copy version of Rimmer is like a version of Rimmer without that balance completely. So I, those, I suppose those, then yeah. the copied version of Rimmer would have been from the, the, the point that he would have been, what, however they scan them in or whatever they do to uh, generate these holograms in the first place, from that point. Whereas yeah. our, our Rimmer has had those, I don't know how long it's been, six months or whatever the in-universe time has been, living with Lister to maybe soften him a little bit. Maybe that's what's going on. Yeah, like, I yeah, it's a, it is a fine line, isn't it, when you're trying to deal with extremities of characters' personalities because you say you want, it to, you want it to come across, but is there a line where it tips over into being like, okay, maybe this is a bit too unbalanced and not necessarily serving the story or the characters in the best way? Yeah. If that's what you mean. Yeah yeah i'm just yeah just it's something about the way they were acting so radically different from each other just didn't seem to quite work on a on a logical level which you know this is a sitcom not everything's going to be logical but it just seemed to i don't know i don't know it just didn't quite work for me that's fair enough um what did you think because i obviously anyone's this dish or knows you're a big holly fan um what did you think of Holly's April Fool's joke scene? Oh, I love that. That was great. Yeah. Holly making up about the fact that there was an overdue um, uh, electricity bill. Or, yes. or um, initially that, uh, what was it? They were the only company left because everyone else had gone bankrupt, but David left a light on or something like that. <laughs> April Fool. <laughs> but it's not April yeah, I know, but I could hardly wait six months with a red-hot jape like that under my belt. <laughs> yeah, so again, a, a red dwarf explanation, to put it lightly. But I, I must admit, in my notes at first, I wrote, when he started that whole scene, I was like, where has this subplot come from? I was like, what's I was like, what's going on? Which made it funnier when he revealed it was an April Fool's, because 
I genuinely was taken along for the ride. I, I was like, whoa, hang on. I was getting ready to, you know, severely critique, like, why are they doing this subplot now? Why is this being introduced? But, you know, classic Holly, it's all just a bit of a laugh. Yeah. So I, I, I think, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that scene. Um, eventually, the two Rimmers have had enough of each other, or more specifically, our Rimmer has had enough of the other one because he comes in sort of very subdued to back into Lister's room and sort of after having an argument with Blazing Row with himself, with the other him, um, and it sort of shows what he's driven himself to, but it's like quite clear he's like, I'll just, I'll just sleep here if that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> And he seems, he seems like a, a beaten man at that point. Yeah, I think he's just, he's a man at the end of his rope, isn't he? I think that's it. He's just accepted that he's been, he's been in a way like cracked by himself, which is quite meta when you think about it, when people talk about having, you know, personal crises, it's often ourselves beating each other up. And just again, to focus on, you know, like we said last time about the message of the whole thing. Again, I don't know why I get like this serious subtext, but I almost viewed it as a thing of like mental health. How, because you know, we all have subconsciously like the voice, our voice, ourselves inside our head. And that heightened element, like the worst elements of Rimmer's personality, basically right in front of him, telling him not just in his head, but right in front of him. And he, and he said it sort of beat him, it beat him in a way. And I found that was very poignant, but also sad in a way that, you know, it, because you know, I've I have friends who have been, as should we say, overcome by their own mind, if you like, their own doubts, their own fears, their own um, extremities. So I don't know. I, that's just what I got from it. Not mm-hmm. in like an awful way. I just felt, you know, when he's coming in all sort of defeated, I was like, oh man, he's literally been, he's beating himself up, as they say. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm very aware I'm probably the only person who'll ever take that away from it ever. But I just I just felt it was worth saying, you know, if anything it's a new take on things, so Yeah. I felt I did find it interesting seeing like uh all of Rimmer's sort of worst personality traits reflected back at him and him getting frustrated with them. You know, and we you know, they go through different ones like his how he's like always get to, trying to get Rimmer up at the crack of dawn to do stuff and like, like come on Rimmer you're being lazy and Let's do but it. when Let's it's do turned it on him he's like oh can't we just rest oh no no we've got to keep going um and things like that and then in the cinema he sort of shows his when they go to the cinema and the other one comes in and sits right in front of him and then they then yeah. he goes and sits in front of that one and he just I, shows I Rimmer's childishness that, that... That, that cinema scene reminded me of so many bad experiences with various patrons in the cinema. I mean, jumping ahead slightly, but that is that was my favourite scene. I think ah. partly because of how much I laughed because it, it made me think of real life experiences of basically people in the cinema being awful for no reason. And it just it just made me laugh. So yeah, I'd say that was my favourite little favourite little scene. Talking of uh, things that date it to the eighties as we have done at various points though, smoking in the cinema. <laughs> that was i can't believe that was ever a thing you know like that's crazy i mean that's times when did they stop smoking in the cinema i don't know because i can't remember people smoking in the cinema in like the 90s so it must have been because it was definitely before they did the general you know indoor smoking ban in the 2000s oh yeah definitely before that yeah and i remember someone said like 
And where was it cinemas? Oh no, it was planes. Uh, my dad used to travel. Sorry guys, this is a tangent. I'll be dead quick. But um, he used to travel a lot on planes, but like the double decker ones they used to have. Mm. Um, and he said upstairs you could, yeah, upstairs was smoking free, but economy was smoking. But I'm like, but smoke rises. So so what effect does what effect does yeah. this achieve? But um, I mean, obviously now the concept to any person my age, you know, smoking on a plane is like what? That's that's ridiculous. That's several health and safety violations waiting to happen. But I guess we have to remember back then that was just like in cinemas. That was just the thing. I, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but I'm pretty sure I am just about old enough to remember smoking on planes. Um, right. But I, I might have to Google that. When did... I'd imagine that would be horrible. Stuck on a metal box thousands of feet in the air, surrounded by other people's smoke. It's just... When did smoking stop on planes in the UK? Uh, We're all enjoying our side topic. Smoking (laughs) ban was introduced by British Airways in 1990. That's that's what it says. It says afterwards, verging. It was was an airline by airline thing, I think. There wasn't a Yeah, like one starts and all the others follow suit. Yeah, so I think possibly in the very early 90s, I went on a plane where smoking was allowed in part of the plane, which doesn't really help. Because, you know, it you're in a, sense, you're in a though, small, narrow say. tube. You know, it's going to travel. <laughs> it's just... So, sorry for the side plot, guys. But the bottom line is, smoking on planes is stupid. <laughs> and it always was. Smoking so. in public, confined areas is not pleasant. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're out there and you're a smoker, that's your choice. Fair enough. But all I'm saying is, I'm glad we now have a, an indoor smoking ban. That's all I'll say. Um, oh, we, have... we must talk about Gaspachio Soup. Yes, well, let's talk about the whole ending because uh, mm. eventually Lister decides that it's all just too much having two rimmers around and the one of them must go and he does a eeny, meeny, miny, mo type thing to pick which one it is. And uh, and it turns out he picks the, uh, the original rimmer is going to get turned off. So they march to the drive room um, and... Uh, my actually one of my um, funniest moments was uh, a line which was if you can't attend the odd execution <laughs> which was uh, yeah, the other yeah, rumor saying yeah. about his the other one <laughs> getting turned off uh, which I found uh, quite funny and then uh, yeah. he, t- he sort of he R- Lister asks the rumor that's going to be saved to leave because he's you know being rude about it or whatever and he leaves. And then finally he, he gets, because he's about to die, Rimmer will get turned off. Rimmer admits what happened with gazpacho yeah. soup. And I felt for him a little bit here. Yeah. <laughs> because I, too, I, well, let's, what, what, what happened? <laughs> I mean, it's the whole, that whole thing of he was, you know, invite, um, because what was it? He was about getting invited to the 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 captain's table, and with the gazpacho soup, you meant to you meant to have it cold. But he decided to heat it up, and then they all they all took the pee out of him, basically. And he sent did, it back, didn't did. he? Had a he had a massive yeah. go at the waiter and sent it yeah. back, and everyone laughed at him because apparently gazpacho soup is meant to be served cold. Now I I only know that gazpacho soup is meant to be served cold because of Red Dwarf. <laughs> So, admittedly, <laughs> well, so did I. I'd, I'd, I'd never had gazpacho soup. I so learned this to me. from a young age, but only because of Red Dwarf. So, had I been in a similar situation, I would have also not known that it was. Prob- I probably yeah. wouldn't have had a go at the waiter about it. But 
I I would have been like, oh, is this cold? I mean, on one hand, I like the fact that it's not, um, it, you know, it's not this big grand thing. It's actually something quite menial and quite because it's Rimmer as well. So, of course, it's a big deal because it's blown out of proportion. But I must admit, I didn't find it laugh out loud funny. Uh, I was like, OK, yeah, I'd say I get the concept. I did feel sorry for him, like you said. But I don't know, maybe it wasn't. the. I don't know what kind of payoff I was hoping for i try not to do that you know place expectations as you're watching it because you're always you're almost always going to get let down but i don't know whatever my brain was in the mood for is the payoff that wasn't, that wasn't it, it. I don't and think. it kind of i don't he, know what I'd, he, i don't know what i would have replaced it with but. he sort of says that that's why he never got promoted he's always looking for someone else or something else to blame for him not getting promoted sometimes it's lister some holding him back sometimes in this instance it's it's the fumble with the gazpacho soup you know nothing to do with the fact that he you know would he's just not offers some material <laughs> and he's not very yeah, good at his job it. probably that's, that's the bottom line <laughs> actually i'd break it the hard way i said but... i've never been in a situation like that i have just remembered a situation not exactly like that but quite similar <laughs> Oh, go on. I once went, I had a meal with my family. I can't remember what we were celebrating, but we had um, dinner at the uh, Dorchester Hotel, I think it was in London. It's one of the big yeah. hotels in London. And we had dinner there. And uh, we got, we had our court, one course. And then the waiter brought over a little plates of sorbet for everyone. Yeah, and I didn't know why I was bringing bought sorbet, and I said to the waiter, "I did. I didn't order any sorbet. I, not in a horrible like, why have you brought me this way? But just like in a confused, yeah, 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 I don't yeah, know but... why I'm getting sorbet type way." <laughs> and it, and yeah. it, uh, now I know it, it's something they do in posh restaurants. It's a palate cleanser, apparently that you get automatically between meals. <sighs> but I had never heard of this concept before in my life, and I was very confused, and I embarrassed myself by saying to the waiter. I, I didn't order this. <laughs> Ugh, don't worry, mate. If there's anything I hate, it's dinner etiquette. I can't start. Just have your food, eat it how you want, and we can all crack on with our lives. <laughs> yeah. That's my mantra. But, anyway. this, but, but I know. Maybe, that's, maybe that experience is what makes me sympathize very much with, um, with Rimmer here. I, I feel for him. Yeah. Personal experience. But I mean, I, I will admit the, the, um, the whole the joke about, you know, obviously the soup thing, as we say, is quite like a menial thing. I think Lister was expecting, you know, this really big thing. And obviously that's not it. So he's, he's obviously going to take the mick out of R Rimmer for the rest of his life. But then he says, oh no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm promised. I'm not going to make any soup jokes. And then he finishes by saying super, which I must admit when you, when you look at it, it's a very simple joke, but it did make me laugh. I think partly because of Craig Charles's delivery, you know, just the way he says it with that smug grin on his face. It really made me laugh. And I thought that's a nice little way to end series one, because if that had been it, if there was no series two, you've ended on a nice joke and you've tied up, I think, not all the loose ends, but some of the major ones. You know, how did all the crew die? Mm -hmm. um, wh what is Cat? What's the religion behind it? You know, you've, you've, set, you've established those major bits. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a nice, it was a nice, simple way to end season one. Things that have to be big and bombastic, you know, it, it's just, it was nice. I liked it. Yeah, I, I was thinking that initially when I rewatched it, I was thinking, oh, that was quite a low key. That's a shame it wasn't like 
something a bit more exciting. But no, you maybe you're right. Maybe it doesn't need that. It did tie up things. I think the only thing that's possibly still dangling is Kachansky, I guess. You know, Dave's uh, Lister's constant like desire to try and get the hologram of Kachansky has been a sort of rounding thing throughout this series. Um, and yeah. that hasn't been sort of resolved at all yet. So right, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Also, I mean, what I wanted to bring up was I noticed looking at some dates because I love I love my dates. Um, I noticed that series one of Red Dwarf went out in like February March of nineteen eighty eight, and um, series two aired in the later months of nineteen eighty eight, so the same year. So I'm thinking. I mean, they they must have filmed series one late nineteen eighty seven because that's the year that comes up in the credits. So I'm thinking, with the ending being sort of a not definitive the end, but it's also you know you could carry it on. I wonder maybe by then did they have a season two? Sorry, se- series two. Do they have a series two confirmed or? I don't know. I'm just curious. Like, hmm, maybe that is quite. But I think, a... as I say again, if if it was just a se- series one, that's a fine ending. I think. Yeah. I don't think it it would have. I don't think we'd still be talking about it now if it was just a series one, though. It kind of. Oh yeah, it's probably it's not be that got, odd little show. Yeah, yeah, that like very few people will have heard of, but it's still going relatively strong. I mean, there was a new special this last year, so uh, it's still going. Um, even now, what? When 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 did this air again? Nineteen eighty nine. Did you say? Nin- early nineteen eighty eight. Eighty eight. God, so yeah. that? Got to work that out now. Thirty, well, thirty-three, 33 years ago. Thirty-three years ago. Wow. Yeah. And they're still making them. Not at a very pacey pace, I would say. <laughs> they, but they're still making. They're still them. making them yeah. every with the same casts as well. Every few years, they make another one. So, what would you give it out of five scuttlers? Ooh, I'd give it a solid four. Yeah, okay. as I say, there were moments that didn't necessarily click with me as much, like I've already said about the whole suit payoff thing. It's fine, but it didn't just click with me. Um, yeah, I think we said parts of the duplicate Rimmer maybe being a bit too much, like we said, of what he's supposed to represent. Um, yeah, but on the whole, it's as I say, it's a good finale for the first season. It leaves you wanting more. It leaves you looking back thinking, yeah, I've had a good time with these six episodes on the whole. Do you know what I mean? Like, as someone who's just finished series one for the first time i do want to see more and i'm looking back on series one thinking yeah it's not perfect but it's a fun little show so i think it again like we said with the first episode it does what it needs to do and it does it well yeah i've given it slightly less again uh much like last episode i've given it half a point less than you have and given it 3.5 okay. it's it, you know it's fine it is i i do concede that it does wrap up the series quite nicely um i just think that there were some bits in it that they just weren't as funny as they could have been may and i and that whole business with the two rimmers i don't i don't get why they were so different from each other i actually think it would be funnier if they were more similar to each other than one yeah. more more dominating the sort of aggression but you know, there were some good bits. Oh, and another sort of negative was the cat as well in this episode. Kind of, uh, there wasn't that much interesting about him in this episode. So, mm. eh, yeah, it was it's still enjoyable. I still enjoyed watching it. Uh, I don't think there's been a series, uh, an episode this series, which I've thought oh, I didn't like that. So, 
Yeah, no, there's not been a complete dud for me at all. You know, I've I've liked to a degree all of the episodes we've seen, and I, as we move forward into season two, I can't wait to see more. I can't wait to see who, what new members we get, or how the original crew develop. I'm I'm just excited to see more, quite frankly. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. right then. Well, that's that's about it, I guess. We're rolling on to series two next yeah, time. Yeah, we are. Uh, what, will, what changes will that bring? I can't remember, to be honest. I know I've watched these all before, <laughs> but I haven't watched them all in at it'll, least 10 years. So it, It'll all come flooding back. It's all a bit fuzzy. So. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad you're, you're eager to carry on. <laughs> I haven't put you yeah, off after I think the first it, series. Yeah, I think it's got all the elements that would keep people interested, you know, that would want you to come back for more. It's got fun characters, fun scenarios, good jokes, most most importantly for a sitcom, good jokes. There's nothing I hate worse than bad jokes or just jokes that don't connect. But yeah, the humour of this, for the most part, is very much in line with my my way of thinking. So we're all right there. And if you want to join us for that journey into Series 2, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. If it may be, maybe my YouTube channel, maybe on Apple Podcasts, if we've got it on there by now. I don't know. I haven't even started to think about that yet. Um, wherever you are, subscribe, like, share it around if you know other um, Red Dwarf fans. And don't forget to check us out elsewhere on the internet. If you're not listening on YouTube, you can find me at Philip. Hawkins uh, there are many Philip Hawkinses on YouTube uh, but <laughs> the me is me in front of some TARDIS Randalls you'll find it there's lots of Doctor Who videos on there you'll be able to spot the channel easily from that um, yeah and Adam where can they find you so YouTube Adam Martin with a Y I should just pop up I make videos on a variety of stuff Doctor Who classic TV presentation there's a bit for everyone really so go and check us out there and on Twitter I'm Adam Martin actor where I post giveaways from time to time and just tweet about, well, usually a load of nonsense, but people seem to like it, so that's all right. But yeah, Twitter and YouTube for me. Uh, well, we will see you for Series 2. See you later.